All right, God bless you, brothers and sisters. This is Elvin Pizarro, and you are listening to Radio Restauración. Radio Restoration has been brought to you by the Church of Restoration, located at 5720 Taylor Avenue in Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin, USA. Pastors Amilka and Mayra Caldona. God bless you again, brothers and sisters. We have a treat for you guys today. Today we have our brother here. Our brother Esteban Cruz. How you doing, brother? All right, bless, brother, bless. Man, it's really good to see you again, brother. Uh, we did have a podcast with this brother before, uh, but before we did it in Spanish, and today, just like we did before, we did it. We're going to do it in English because everybody needs to hear your testimony as well, brother. Uh, it's it's a very good testimony, and and for those who are just listening to us for the first time, Radio Resur uh, Restoration or Radio Restauración, it's a, it's a podcast designed uh for people who really want to get to know the lord and really need uh uh proof basically that god exists we are here as living proof that god exists that's why we bring these uh these brothers and sisters onto this program because we are living testimonies that that we serve a living god and, uh, and i'm really excited to have this brother here with me Esteban cruz uh one of Tell us about yourself, brother. What's going on? Oh, brother, I've been blessed, blessed. Uh, I'm just here. I'm kind of nervous a little bit, but, you know, um, I'll just let the Holy Spirit get, take control. But I just want to thank you for letting me be, uh, be here to bring my testimony and letting the world know that there's um, there's freedom in Jesus. Amen. Amen. And let me tell you something, but I'm nervous too. <laughs> Usually we have a sister here that does this uh, and God bless her. She's uh, she's on a little vacation right now, but you know, we're going to have her again pretty soon. Uh, but it, it's, uh, it, this is a, a learning experience for both of us, brother. Amen. Uh, but just know that uh, we're here. The Holy Spirit is here and uh, God is going to do something with us today, especially you, brother. I know that God's, the, the Holy Spirit is going to guide you. He's going to use you. And this message is going to reach thousands of people. People for what you have to say, brother. Amen. 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 So let's let's start by you know the the simple things that we ask all the time, brother. And I want people to really get to know you. I want people to really understand who Esteban Cruz was, and who Esteban Cruz is today. And so, brother, let me ask you: talk to us a little bit about your childhood, your your upbringing. You know, where are you from? Where where where, where did you come from? Oh, I'm from uh, San Antonio, Texas. That's where I was born. I, I was raised there until I was 13 years old. Then I'm other life. I live here in Kenocha, Wisconsin, until now. Amen. Amen. San Antonio, Texas. Uh, how long have you been there? How long have you lived there? Uh, I lived there for, I was born there and I was there for, until I was 13 and I moved over here. 13. Let me ask you something, brother. Now, Texas is a lovely city and, and I've never been there, but I've heard that it's a beautiful, beautiful place. What, what made you come from Texas all the way down to Wisconsin? Uh, my parents brought me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's normally the answer everyone gives us. The parents kind of just push you and uh, bring you up to, you know, where they want to move to. So what do you prefer? Do you prefer Wisconsin or Texas? No, I like the the, the summer over here, but <laughs> the winter <laughs> over there. But I, I'm used to Wisconsin already. Yeah, it's, it's a big difference in weather, brother. That's for sure. But uh, I want to give a shout out to everybody in Texas. Uh, we have one of your own here. So, hey, man. Uh, so let me t ask you, brother, how, but how was it growing up in Texas, your childhood? T tell us more about your upbringing. Oh, it was, uh, I grew up in a rough neighborhood, you know. Mm -hmm. It was like the west side of San Antonio is like the worst. The west side, yeah. The west side, you say you're from the west side of San Antonio, San Antonio. Mm -hmm. 
they they know like whoa you're from over it's like real bad over there but uh, I grew up there and thank God he brought me when I was 13 over here yeah or I probably wouldn't be here right now because all my friends when I go visit over there they're dead already or well I think they're all dead when you, when, when you say that you say that they're all dead so when you at, when you were growing up in Texas brother where and you said you came up here when you were 13 right yeah so. Uh, life and were you living in the streets or, or what? What was your your uh, life like at that age in in that area? Over there, it's like when I was growing up, it's like a neighborhood fight neighborhoods, and it was rough. If you want to go inside a neighborhood, to you gotta fight the neighborhood to live in there, and that's what we did to live in our neighborhood. Yeah, and then it was just crazy there, you know, going to school and. It was just a rough neighborhood to live on. Yeah, yeah. And you, you, you lived there um, in San Antonio most of your life, correct? Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you something, brother. Your, your parents, how did they, uh, you know, what, what, what were they like? Well, my parents, they were Christians when, you know, since before I was born. Mm, okay, but the pro- we had a they had a lot of kids. We're like uh, seventeen of us. There's seventeen of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 17. That's, that's, that's something, but are they, are they all here in Wisconsin? Yeah, they all live here in Wisconsin. Oh, they, and Racine, they just uh, said, forget it. I'm leaving Texas. Everybody just... <laughs> <laughs> and so the, your brothers and sisters, brother, were they kind of in the same... Uh, they lived the same lifestyle you'd lived over there? Oh, yeah, because they were older than me, and they really got into fights and yeah. all that. So I was just younger. I was just getting into it, but that's when they brought me over here. Okay. Now, your, your parents, were they ministers? Were they pastors? Or, or were they just going to the church what were, what were they life like like oh my my dad was a pastor okay yeah okay. so what what life is let me say it this way how is life living with a pastor you know how is that oh my dad was real strict yeah he was the old you know the old kind that you say no or you go you don't go to church you'll get a whooping so he was <laughs> the old school type yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so you're saying that would they did they make you go to church oh yeah yeah so you went to church because at that age obviously you know a lot of parents when you know especially uh, kids of pastors, you know, we we attend church because sometimes we have to. We feel like we're pressured. Is that, that was that your situation? You felt pressured to go to church at that that age? Yeah, yeah. And how about your your siblings? Were I was the same thing, same thing. But did you you guys eventually actually did go to church, right? Or was it nah? No, eventually, yeah, we we had to go where we you know we get whooped, <laughs> get <a> whooping. <laughs> so what made you guys decide? What was the last draw? What did you guys decide? You know what? Well, we have to leave Texas. We have to go somewhere else. And why Wisconsin? Oh, my my parents and my older siblings were migrant workers, mm-hmm. so they used to come every time over here to to um, up north to work in the fields and all that. Yeah, then we go back and. So you guys actually didn't know anybody here, right? When before, or did you guys have family in Wisconsin? We had a couple cousins. Okay, okay, Wisconsin. That's uh, that was something else. So it was just your your father that was a pastor, correct? Not your mother. No, only my father. Okay, so let me ask you something, brother. When you so let's talk about your life here in Wisconsin. Once you moved here to Wisconsin, how was life like that, that differs from your life in Texas? Um. It wasn't different because we when we moved over here, it was like we moved to the worst part of Kenota. <laughs> and it was we were the only Hispanic. Everybody was black, so yeah. we fight every day again, like over there. Okay. 
Okay, so it was nothing really changed from Texas no, to here. No, nothing changed. Okay, and were you in, in involved in, in gang activity? Oh yeah, I was in gang. Yeah, let's talk about that, brother. What uh, what what happened? In uh, first of all, how old were you when you decided to to join a gang? I'd say I was like seventeen. Seventeen, that young, huh? Yeah. I remember back in the day uh, when I was in the streets myself, I remember in order to join a gang, you used to have to get beat up. Was that still the case back then when you were growing up? Yep, I got beat up too. (laughs) (laughs) And that was, what would they say? That was a sign to show that, you know, it was family and you had trust in them and all that other trash that they would talk about. Did you have to go through that as well? Yep. Oh, my God. (laughs) I I bet that was rough, brother. And it was all my family too because it was... Our, my family was the gang. My nephews, cousins, because we were a lot of us. Yeah, yeah. So it was our family. Oh, so okay. I got beat up by the family. <laughs> <laughs> How about your brothers and sisters? Were they involved in the gang life as well? Mm, not really. No. Yeah. So let me ask you something, brother. Now, so now you're in the gang, right? Let's talk about that. When you were in the gang, what are some of the things that you were kind of pressure to do as as now, now you're a gang member now you have to prove yourself to these people what were some of the things that you had to do to actually you know earn your 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 place in that gang was there certain things you had to do or you know yeah we had to go beat up other gang members yeah yeah you know or go rob somebody or you know stuff like that yeah yeah oh my god how about drugs were were drugs involved into none of the others in the mix Mm, I didn't do drugs at that time. I used to just drink. Yeah, you were a drinker? Yeah. Oh, man. So when did did, did you ever do drugs, brother, when you were that age? Not until I got out the gang. Not until you got out the gang? Now, why is it that it took you to get out of the gang to do drugs? What happened in your life at that moment that made you want to try drugs and, and, and be, you know, be high all the time? Oh, well, when I got out of the gang... Um, I started hanging around with some friends that from they were from Texas too, and they used to do drugs every day. But it took me like nine years until I tried a line of cocaine. Mm-hmm. But years. they used to like offer me every day, every day, until they got tired. And when my dad passed away, that's when I got mad. I'm a, I got mad at God because he was a pastor, and you know, so I said, "Now for that, I'm gonna do drugs." And yeah, little did I know that that little line was gonna drag my life for many years. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, many people, there's a saying that, you know, when you, when you see people on, let's say, like heroin and things like that, that the first thing that they, they will tell you is don't ever try it, you know, because once you try, you're hooked for life. Yep. You know, it, was that, is that true? Yep. For me, it was, I was hooked and I couldn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so how, how often did you do coke? Every day. Every day. I bet that got to, to be become an expensive habit. Well, I didn't work. I just hustle all the time. Mm-hmm. So you just, uh, when you say hustle, what do you mean? I just, I knew a lot of people. Like, I was in a gang, and then I got out. Mm-hmm. So I got to know a lot of people. And, like, uh, where I bought the drugs, um, I used to, at that time, when I was doing cocaine before I did crack, I used to hang them all the bars in Kinocha, all the Mexican bars. Mm-hmm. So they used to, I used to be like the lookout. Yeah. I just sit there in the bar, drink free. And I, I, I would tell them who was the undercover and all this. So they used to pay me every night with an eight ball or whatever, cocaine. Wow. So, because I already knew the streets, I knew the undercover. So that's all I used to do. So I never really did work. Mm-hmm. So what was your 
reasoning behind what what made you want to try drugs was it the passing of your father or what exactly made you want to try it and, and, and live that lifestyle brother i don't know i just i was mad i was yeah. mad at god for real and my dad never told me never do drugs and when he passed away i got mad at god i said okay he took my dad now and, and i just i was just mad at that moment mm -hmm. and i didn't know that that line was gonna like i said it was gonna drag me for many years yeah so your dad was a very important figure in your life yeah yeah uh, now at this point when your when your dad passed is your mom still alive yes sir yeah what kind of uh impact did your mom have in your life at that at that time of your life she had a lot of impact but i wouldn't listen yeah yeah i was blind yeah yeah brother and um like i said uh i'm here because i know because because of god first but the, my mom's prayer she used to pray a lot for me yeah 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 that's 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 one thing about especially the latina mothers oh yeah you know they 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 pray a lot you know they they they're always on their knees begging you know god for their kids and and, uh, and i'm sure that your mother now your, your mother's not here with us anymore correct no she died while i was in prison when you were in prison okay so let's transition from there brother you uh so you you live in texas you or your family your whole family decides to pack up come to wisconsin yeah, uh, nothing changes from Texas. You go back to the life of gangs, the life of drinking, the life of drugs. So let's let's go from there. What happens there? What happens from there? Now your 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 mom. You go to prison first, and then your mom passes. Correct. Yes, sir. So let's talk about that, brother. What happened that made you go to prison? Oh, that's when I was out there doing a lot of drugs. I was stealing, robbing people, yeah. whatever it takes to get high. Yeah. Yeah. So I, eventually, they I wound up in prison. Yeah. But before that, you know, my I was really hooking. After I, I tried cocaine over like nine years straight, I used to snort every day. My nose was uh, already messed up, and until right now, I can't smell no more. It messed up my nerves, and you know, your smelling senses. Yeah. And, uh, so um, then I started smoking crack. Oh my God! So what, what were what were and, and this is just kind of a side note, brother. What what were some of the drugs you experimented at that time? For, like, all I did was uh, heroin. I mean, not heroin, but cocaine and um, crack. Cocaine and crack. How did you feel once you, you know, took that hit of cocaine or that puff of crack? How did it make you feel? Uh, very good for real, brother. Something unexplainable. Yeah. That's why people get hooked on it. It's something, some feeling that sometimes the devil still put those dreams in me. And I mean, not that I desire, but he knows only, he can only put those thoughts or them while I was sleeping because I, those, you know, desires are gone. Yeah. God took them away a long time ago. Amen. Amen. That, that's, that's really good, brother. Um, so you're you're hooked on drugs. You end up going to prison, and let's focus on that, brother. So you go to prison, and now you're in prison. What happens in in prison, brother? Well, before I got to prison, the county jail, I I gave my life to Jesus. Amen. But why? What what made you do that? What made you decide? You know what? Enough is enough. Good Lord, take over now. What happened in your life at that moment? Oh, because um, 
I was just tired. It, I mean, it took me like 17 years of all my life drinking. I used to drink every day for 17 years. And then uh, for nine years, I used to um, snort cocaine and smoke crack. Yeah. Every day. I mean, I'm not lying. Every day, that was my life. Yeah. Was it was it somebody that actually introduced you to the Lord? Or how, how did you find the Lord? When I was in the county jail, I mean, my parents always used to talk to me about God. Yeah. But when I was in the county jail, this brother from Racine, he spoke to me like something just snapped, like a little light. Boom. Yeah. That's when I, I would know it was the Holy Spirit. You know, for, for those that don't understand what you're saying, right? Because a lot of people had that experience, but they don't know that it was the Holy Spirit talking to them. Let me ask you something, brother. Can you be more specific on that point? What? How did you know that it was the Holy Spirit talking to you and not just you imagining things or just, you know, thinking out loud? What, what, what made you know or believe that that was the Holy Spirit talking to you? Because I, I'm pretty sure that I'm... That it, I don't know that because my parents always used to talk to me about God, but when that brother, I still remember Antonio Cruz from Racine, mm -hmm. he talked to me. And when he talked to me, it was like something just grabbed me and like that veil from my, like, wow, all this time, I was 32 years old. I said, and I, I couldn't believe it. I, like God opened my eyes right there. Yeah. And oh, brother. It's something beautiful. It, it is something beautiful, and I can relate to that, brother, because I was in the kind of in the same situation you were, and, and I remember when the Holy Spirit first, you know, got a hold of me. It, it, it was no denying that it was God that that was trying to show you something and show me something, Amen. and that's the one thing that I, I love about being, you know, a follower of Christ is that you know when it's Him. You know, you know when it's him trying to talk to you. You know when it's him trying to push you. You know it's him trying to teach you something. And it's up to us sometimes to either accept it or, or, or deny it. Yeah. You know, but you accepted it. I mean, yes, I did. Yeah. And so what happens after that? So now you're, you're, you turn your life into God. Now what happens? But then I got out of the county jail. That was before I went to prison. Okay. So, so I went back to drugs and alcohol. Okay. Yeah. Wait, so th this was a after you gave your life to God? Yeah, I gave, you know, I I accepted Jesus. Yeah. But I was only there like for six months and I got home and everything was still waiting for me there. Everything. So it was almost like the devil was just waiting yeah. for you to get out. So I was still, I was, all that time I lived with my mom, my, my, my mom. And um, I remember I got out like around two in the morning. One of my sisters bailed me out. Because I, I I could get out, but I, then I owe a, a fine, and she paid it for me. And I remember I went to eat. I went to eat, and then I went to sleep. And like around three in the morning, they were already knocking on the door. Because it's, when I used to do drugs, my house was like my mom's house was like a, a nonstop every day. Yeah. Because everybody knew. Because I was like the middleman. I knew where to get the drugs for the people and people because I buy it for a lot of white folks and and I buy it f from black folks and they didn't trust each other mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so they trusted me so that's the way I used to get my drugs every day too yeah because yeah. I, they'll give me you know $100 and I get paid right there in the middle because I was a middleman yeah so that's the way a lot of people ask me, how did you do it? You know, how did you do it every day without working those uh, 17 years or whatever? 
I w- they don't know that I was hustling. I was doing that to get my high. Because if I, if I was doing it to get money, I would have. But it, it wasn't for the money. It was for the high. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, I learned a lot in the streets. But now that I'm walking with God, I learned more. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen, brother. So your your mom passes now. You're uh, living in her house, correct? You're dealing drugs from the house. You're yeah. getting high as well. Did your mother passed at this moment, correct? Or no, not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Not yet. So what what happens after that? What happens? So when did when did your mom actually pass? Because after I got out, like I gave my life to God, then I went back, and mm-hmm. it took a whole year to go to prison, and that's when the devil really, I don't know, I got real bad, worse than before, and yeah, the devil was tormenting me, and this and that. I was going through a lot. Okay, well, let's talk about that, brother. What what exactly happened at that that time of your life? I started uh, messing with things, you know, that you shouldn't mess with, you know. The devil, the devil's real, brother. I mean, you should know that every Christian knows that the, the devil does exist. Uh, mm-hmm. The bad spirits exist. Everything is out there. Mm-hmm. Just like God is there and the angels. And I started messing with stuff like that, and it wasn't good. Then they were tormenting me and all that. But like I said, it took me like a whole year because I, then I got tired. I wasn't, I didn't feel like getting high no more. It was like a, something he dragged, dragged me to do it every day. And I couldn't no more. I used to get tired. I tried to commit suicide like five times. Yeah, yeah. I was just tired. I couldn't stop for real, brother. I, I was. I know. I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are in right now, they know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. When you wake up and you say, "I don't want to do it no more," and I used to remember breaking the pipe or throwing the beer, opening it, and an hour later, picking it up again. We'll go to the store buy some more. Yeah, because I couldn't stop. I tried. And I tried, and I tried. I did it with all my heart, but I could never stop until, you know, I met mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. You said you tried to uh, commit suicide five times. With the, why weren't they successful? What what happened those five times that it didn't work? Um, I remember, like, three of them. Uh, one time I was going to blow my head away with a gun you know I had the gun already and it got jammed and when I was messing trying to use it my sister came to the basement because I used to stay with my mom but in the basement Mm -hmm. and she just came downstairs and she caught me with the gun and I I was trying to make it work and it wouldn't work yeah and she said she took it away from me said you crazy why are you trying to take your life and I said "Um, I'm just tired yeah I'm tired for real you get tired of people People see people out there in the bars and, and, you know, but eventually they get tired. I mean, you don't know what they go through it when they're at home, when they're hungover, when they get tired. Like when they say when the party's over. Yeah. And the party is over for real. Yeah. I mean, you can only get so high and then I know a lot of people, they tell me, you know what? I know what you're talking about. Because I know how it feels when you really, 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 really want to change and you can't change. I still got a lot of family members. They tell me, how did you do it, brother? Or how did you do it, Theo? You know, uncle, how? I'm trying, tried, and I can't do it. I said that because I gave it all to Jesus. Yeah. That's the only way you can change, when you let Jesus take control. Amen. 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 And um. That's what happened, brother. I, I got tired, and I, I tried to, like, one time I tried to chew myself, and another time I tried to hang myself. I was in the second floor, and I grabbed, the, like, a big rope, and I tried to jump, and when I jumped uh, from the second floor, it broke, and I just fell on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then um, 
the last time, the last draw was when I, well, I lived right by the Viaduct, and the train used to pass through Chicago, you know, from Kinocha to Chicago yeah. every 45 minutes. Yeah. So I knew when when it was going to pass. And I remember that day, um, my my house was a party every day in my basement because that was my mom's house. Mm-hmm. But every day I used to party. And that day I had like four days without sleeping. I was just tired for real. And I just, I remember I, I, I just grab a beer and I took a hit and I said, that's going to be my last hit. And I just went outside. Nobody even noticed that I went outside and I, I just drank my beer and went up, up to the Bayrak and laid down. And I knew I was passing out because I haven't slept for a couple of days. So when I was falling asleep or passing out, I heard somebody walking in the, up there in the, by the train tracks. And it was one of my buddies that he wasn't there, right? He wasn't there at the party. Mm-hmm. But he told he told me later on that he went and looking for me, and he went and up on the basement. He couldn't find me. He went upstairs and asked my mom, and my mom said I was downstairs. So he went outside looking around the house, and he said while he was looking, uh, he just felt somebody push him, kept pushing him, pushing him. They pushed him all the way to the top to the viaduct. Wow. Uh, and I know now I know it was God, you yeah. know. And now we talk. He said, "Why? Wow, I was afraid to turn back. Yeah, I, I don't want to look who it was, but now we know it was God. You know, the Holy Spirit. God can do the impossible. Amen, amen. And if it wouldn't been for that, I wouldn't be here right now because the train would have run me over. Yeah, so I was laying right in the middle, and I was about to pass out because, I, like I said, I had four days without sleeping, drinking, and smoking crack and doing coke, all that junk. Yeah. Let me ask you something, brother. When when you feel like you want to kill yourself, what are the feelings that go through you that makes you want to end your life? Is it is it hopelessness? Is it depression? What exactly do you go through to make you say, you know what, uh, I'm done. This, you know, this life isn't for me. What were you feeling at that moment? Oh, brother, I was um, hopeless. I was hopeless. There's no, there was no way out. I, I was like bound. I tried every day. I said, I, I remember I used to cry. I used to say, why can't I stop do, smoking crack? I was tired or tired, tired of drinking. I had, I had to drink at least more than two cases a day. I was, I was gone. My, my liver was gone. And I was all skinny and I wake up shaking real bad and, I was just I was just tired of that life. Yeah, everybody thought I I wasn't tired because when I was with people, they you know I was a party, but they don't know what what's going in my heart. Yeah, when they leave, that's when I used to sit there and cry. But not not only that, I hear voices. You know, you're never gonna change. Yeah, you're nobody. You just take your life, take it. You're a bum, take it. Nobody cares about you, and that's what you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I know it was the enemy, but before, you know, I would listen to it. Yeah. So at that moment of your life, brother, you did you have uh, like a role model that would kind of, you know, talk to you about that? Or did you have anybody in your life that would that would help you? No. No? Not really. Um, I found, I mean, when I got to the... Um, to the prison that's when I found Jesus yeah that time when I walked to the county jail for the second time I I, I got tired I said Jesus if you're real and I know you're real because uh, I hear voices around me you know 
the, I was in the hole right there, all dark in a, in a county jail. And I remember, I said, Jesus, if you take whatever's tormenting me, if you take this addiction from me, I promise I will serve you for the yeah. rest of my life. And right there and then, he just, boom, yeah. everything. Yeah. Everything changed right there. I mean, I just, I knew that I knew that something happened. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that, that that's, the, let me tell you something, brother. That's the best feeling right there. And I can attest to that. You know, when God takes everything away, you just feel so light. You I mean, know, you, you, yeah. feel, <laughs> you feel like you're floating on air because you know that your problems are being handled, you know, and they're really going to, God is going to work. You know, because that's what he does. You know, he, he works in our lives. So, you you know, you're in the streets. You're committing, you know, trying to commit suicide. And now you go to prison, brother. How do, what happened when you get to prison? I mean, first of all, let me ask you, were you afraid when you go to prison? Is this your first time going to prison after the jail? Or have you been going to prison? No, I just, the, I, I went to jail like three times. Yeah. But never to prison. Yeah. But I had two brothers that were in prison. Yeah. So when I got to prison, one of my brothers was right there. He was about to get out. Okay. <laughs> so he said, you know, he introduced me to all his homies and said, take care of my little brother. I was here instead of him. Yeah. So, so it's almost like if you guys go to the same school, you know, <laughs> this is my little brother right here, you know. So you have your brother in, in prison. Were, were you afraid when you go into prison? Were you afraid for your life that, you know, people were going to hurt you or... What were you feeling at that moment when you first entered those doors? I wasn't really afraid no more because I, I had Jesus with me. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at first I didn't know what was gonna happen. You know, yeah, I was a little, you know, freaking out a little bit, but I knew that somebody. I wasn't alone no more. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I know a lot of people do fear, but I knew who. Before I got to prison, I really got connected to God. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like uh, eleven months in a county jail. Okay. So you know, you you already accepted the Lord before you go to prison, right? Yeah. So let me ask you something. What what happened? How did the Lord use you in the prison? Or in a big, in a mighty way, brother, in a mighty way. He used me like, I was just telling some guy today at work, an older guy. And I told him, you know, every prison I went, God used me. He turned the prison around. And even the guards were getting saved and stuff like that. God used me. Like, it took to prison. Not only I wasn't in prison. For me, I was free in there, for real. Yeah. And uh, people, my all my cellies, they're like, man, you must like prison. Because, it, you know, I pray a lot. Yeah. And I used to pray there, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, because I'm here. And thank you. And they used to tell me, like, I used to pray that at nighttime and morning. You really like it here? I said, well, no, why? He said, but you keep, I hear you at nighttime thanking God yeah. and thanking Jesus. I said, you don't know that. I'm not in prison no more. I was in prison out there. I was a prisoner of crack. I was a prisoner of cocaine, alcohol, but I'm here. I'm free. Yeah. And I'm free and I feel the peace of Jesus. And, and I know I'm here for a reason. And believe me, brother, a lot of, a lot of people got saved while I was in there. Let's, let's talk about that. So you go to prison. How did God use you? When you go to prison, because I remember in the last time we 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 had this uh, conversation with you, you said that you actually were hosting Bible studies in the prison. Is that correct? Yeah. And so, how did how did God use you in in the prison system? Well, when I got they sent me once I got to Racine. Uh, when I got to Racine, uh, I barely had like uh, six months, and that's when my mom passed away. Okay. 
my mom passed away and um and at that moment I felt like man my whole world just fell apart because I was a mama boy mm-hmm. and I lived with my mom all, all my life and I yeah. was 32 years old and I I felt like I lost everything I remember sitting there and I knew she was going to pass away and then they came and got me they said Mr. Cruz you got a phone call and they take you to a little room they took me there and they let me talk and I answered the phone it was my my brother he was a pastor at that time and he told me you know mom passed away she's with God already well don't worry about it we all going to go visit you tomorrow because I was here in Sturdivant so I'm like 20 minutes away from him and so he said, don't worry she's with God don't worry and so I just hung the phone I said okay brother love you hung the phone and when I was walking back to my room all the guards were around me and said you alright Mr. Cruz are you gonna be alright I said yep because in prison a lot of people go crazy when they lose a, you know a loved one they go wild They because they know they can't go see them they go off Yeah. so what they do they throw you in the hole they strip you and so you don't hurt yourself yeah so they kept telling me, you're right. I said, yeah. I said, just give me, give me a couple minutes. Let me go to my room. And I went to my room and I still remember, uh, I, I wanted to run. There was like a, a voice in my head saying, you're never going to see her again. You're never going to see her again. And I had like a anxious, I, because I can't go nowhere. And I like, no, and this is not me. And I wanted to run and just go off. But then I felt another voice telling me, Get in your knees and pray. And at that moment, I didn't know God that way. I, I was just growing. Yeah. But I got on my knees and I was praying. Say, why did you took my mom, God? Why? And he, he, I just felt somebody. Nobody was in that room, but I felt somebody just walk in there and gave me a hug. He go, she's with me now. She's resting. She's not because she, my mom was had cancer. And she was just suffering. Amen. But that's when I met God. <laughs> yeah. Everybody got to have like a, what do you call it? The, when you get to meet God. Yeah. At that a, moment. At yeah. the moment, like, uh, like Paul did when he wasn't, you know, he met God Amen. when he, when he fell off the horse. Amen. I mean, uh, that's when I met God for real. I was like, that's when I knew that I knew there was a God. Yeah. Because in my mind, I was going to go crazy. And I felt that I wanted to open my eyes. He said, don't open your eyes. And he just hugged me. And he told me that he whispered in my ear. He said, she's resting now. She's with me. Amen. And then he blew on my ear. He went, he go, peace. When he did that, every a peace that the Bible says is uncomprehensible. You can understand it. Yeah, right. It's uncomprehensible. It's like impossible, but it, I just felt it. And that craziness, everything I felt, it just went peace. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. And I opened my eyes and the he wasn't there no more. But I know that's what I knew, that I knew, that I knew. Until now, there is God. He is so real, brother. Amen. When you most need him, he's going to be there. He's always there. Mm-hmm. But he knows when you really need him. Yes. When you really, and I needed him at that second right there. And, and that's not the only time. He did like three more times. And because I remember I was praying. And I said, God, I need to have you. And one time I was in my church and I was going through a lot. And... um I, I turned off all the lights and I was praying. I was praying and I said, God, I need that hug again. I need that hug again. Yeah, yeah. And I felt you can hear t- t- walking. And I, I wanted to open my eyes so bad. I was kind of scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And and then I just felt, you know, all chills. And, and he gave me another hug. He goes, I'm here with you. I, I'm never, I promise you. And the Bible, you know, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm here forever. When you accept me, I'm going to be there forever. Yeah. And he's always been there. He's still right now. I mean, he got me right now. Amen. <laughs> and I love it because, you know, he's always there. No matter what I'm going through, he's always there. He's yeah. always been there. Yeah. And like I said, Sunday I, I felt his presence. Like I haven't in a while and I was crying. I said, God, I, I want to do more for you. I want to, I know you have called me for, to do more for you. And whatever you want to do, let your will be done in my life. Then I got home and you, I had that text yeah. <laughs> from you, and I'm right here now talking. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, God is good, brother. But like I said, uh, God used me. After that, he touched me, and I, I got out the room, and everybody looking at me like, whoa, what's wrong with you? Because when I walked in there to my room, I was like broken. I, I, but when I got out, I had like a different look. Like that peace that people couldn't understand. They look at me. You look pale. You look peace. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You seem like you seen a ghost. I, they didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know. I just had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But after that, that's when my life just changed. God started using me in a mighty way. Yeah. In a mighty way, brother. So what happens after that? Did you? Did you? So at, at that point, did you start doing the Bible studies at the prison? No, after that, um, like a month later, they moved me to Oklahoma. Oh, what happened there, man? Oklahoma. Yeah, it was rough over there. Yeah. <laughs> I walk over there, and they had like a King, uh, Wisconsin had private prisons over there. Yeah. So I walked over. I mean, when I got over there, like, whoa, you're not in Wisconsin. Because Wisconsin's way different to prisons. Yeah. Over there, they don't care. It's like the ones you see on TV. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I walk in there and like, oh my God, where am I? When I walk in there, you see all the prisoners in every aisle. Yeah. Everybody smoking, doing whatever they want. There's only one guard in the middle. Yeah. They didn't care. Yeah. Well, you guys, you go, I remember one time he said, I don't care what you guys, kill yourself, do whatever. I just do my eight hours and I go home. Yeah. Uh, I don't care about you guys. And when I walk in there, I'm like, man, they're going to kill me in here. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, when I got there, I remember I got off the bus and and um, there was a couple brothers, black brothers, and they they like, they say, any Christians here? Any Christians? And because was, you go to certain parts, and I say, I'm a Christian. And come over here, brother. Come over here. And uh, they they say, before you go, where are you going? And they they think we're going. Oh, brother, you going to the Latin? They're gonna put you with all the Latinos. Mm. Because there's a lot of gangs. And I was 32 years old and said, yeah. man, you. Whatever they do, when they ask you, because they're gonna ask you, right? Who do you run with? He go, you just tell them Jesus. Yeah, and that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> and he go, they told me they gave me a schedule, all the Bible when they have school. I mean, Bible study and church and all that. And so I, I started attending, but when I got to that cage, I used to call it that big uh, cell. Yeah, I, I barely walk in there, and there like forty guys came up to me, all Latinos and. They say, hey, brother, uh, who do you run with, Holmes? And I'm like, I run with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And all the, them were the Cobras. The so cobras. I leave him alone, man. He's a Christian. They, they love me around. Yeah. And then another, like another 30, 40 guys come. They were the, the Lion Kings. Okay. They say, who do you run with? I say, I run with Jesus. They left me alone. Yeah. <laughs> they already knew I was, you know, they don't want me to preach to them. Right, right. <laughs> I, was, I knew I, I had the... 
the main the main leader with me. Yeah. Jesus. That's right. Amen. <laughs> can't nobody mess with Jesus. Right. So you had everybody trying to to bring you into their gang. Yeah, they trying. Yeah. There was a lot of gangs in there. Oh God, I'll bet. So so what happens in, in that prison? Were you able to continue your Bible studies in that prison? Well, that's when I first started, but I just, you know, started talking to people, telling people about God and yeah. a couple of people got saved. Yeah. Yeah, and um but I was only there for a year and a half. Okay. Uh-huh. And, um, but uh, God did so many miracles in there that people were like, whoa. Because, you know, when I walk in, went in there, that program I needed to do, they don't have it here in, in Wisconsin. And so I had to wait like four years, like a year before. I, because they gave me five years in prison. Okay. And they sent me when I only had like not even seven months. They sent me over there and I did the program and... Then uh, they told me, what do you want to do now? I said, uh, because they got a report to Madison. Mm -hmm. And I told them, I, I want to go back to Wisconsin. And I, I want to go to a minimum. The social workers, he said, oh, it can't happen. It's impossible. Yeah. But you asked me, I said, that's what I want. Yeah. And he'll write it down. He goes, but he goes, you just barely got here. You got to do at least four years mm -hmm. or three. Mm -hmm. And uh, minimum, you got to have less than a year. And you still got like almost three years left. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't care. That's what I want. Right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, she came three days later. She called me to her office. I don't know how you did it. Go pack up. You go back to Wisconsin. Back. Oh, there you go. Praise God. <laughs> but I knew it was God. Everybody like, man. Everybody was mad at me. Like, oh, I've been here for seven, nine years and trying to request and request. Yeah. And I can't go. Give your life to God. Yeah. God, you know, when you walk with Jesus, you obey Jesus. You got favor. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you got the favor of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. So now, now you're in Wisconsin. Now you're in the Wisconsin prison. Yeah. So you know what, brother? You uh, told us a story last time about a certain prison guard. So was he in Oklahoma or was he in the Wisconsin? That's when I they brought me back from Oklahoma. Okay. I got to Black River Falls up there, and uh, that's the guard. Uh, that's where I walked in there, and like, hey, what's going on? There was no Bible study, no church, or nobody was going there. I was freaking out, like, what happens? No service or nothing. Yeah. They told me no. So I started doing my own Bible study. Okay, and, and how did how did that go in the in the prison? How did how did that start? I just started telling people about Jesus, and um, they see me all the time with my Bible, and yeah, sitting on the, the table, and little you know people was curious, and little by little I started you know God was whatever I, at that moment I, they used to call me what they call Elijah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Went after that because because they everything like at that moment God was answering me anything yeah and I said God just do this so they can know that you're real yeah and I remember used to whatever you know not bad things but you know yeah so they can know that God is real mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I still remember there was this 18 year old he was freaking out and I said come on sit down with me and I only had two other guys and and he's like uh, I said what do you want. <laughs> I just came to prison and my mom doesn't even know she's in prison too. Yeah. I wish my mom would write to me, would do something, but she can't find out where I'm at. She don't know. Yeah. But she's locked up too. I said, if you sit down and study with me, I'm going to pray and you will get a letter from your mom. Yeah. He said, how? I said, just trust me. And I remember <laughs> we sat there and he was there in Bible study and I, like four days later, he came running with a letter. Yeah. Said, how did you know how? How? I said, it's not how, it's who we serve. I said, Amen. God. Amen. God knows. 
And after that, people started seeing and start, got started. But there was a, uh, what do you call it? A, a, we call them COs or a yeah. guard. A guard. Yeah. <laughs> he was real prejudiced and mean. He didn't like Mexicans or, you know, you, if you weren't white, he, he was prejudiced. And over there, when you get your mail, they um, they got to give it to you in your hand, the guards. Yeah. And every time uh, Hispanic or Puerto Rican, whatever, you know, a Latino or a black, he'll make faces like, here, like, uh, get out of here. Yeah, like you discuss them. Yeah, disgust them. Like, yeah. And I, you know, I used to ignore him because, you know, I was stronger in the Lord. But one of my friends that was just starting, he said, brother, I want to serve God like you do, but uh, I hate him because he hate me. Yeah. He hates us. He's, he's prejudiced. I say, you want to do, uh, you know what? God can change his life like he changed ours. Let's pray for him. I said, remember the, the Bible says in Matthew 18, 19, it says, um, we're two or three are together. Whatever we ask, he will do it. Amen. Amen. And we're two of us. Yes. So we're going to fast and we fast for a whole week and he wouldn't change. <laughs> he was the same guy. Yeah. And then eventually he just took off after we were done fasting, like two days later, we didn't see him no more. I said, oh, man, I thought they fired him. I said, I don't want him. I was praying God. I didn't want him to get fired. Yeah. I mean, but he he left, like, for a vacation or I don't know. He was gone. But he came back, like, three weeks later, and he was a change, man. Really? <laughs> he was changed, for real. He, like, he'll give you the mail and even hug you and sit there where we were sitting there. What you guys studying? All this and that. And you sit down with all the black folks and hit the table. You know how they're always rapping? He used to always make them shut up. No no rapping. You're not in my yeah. prison. But you know, he'll be playing the beat, too, and all yeah. that. And everybody looking at him like, what happened? But <laughs> only me and my, my friend knew who yeah. did it. We knew that Jesus did it. Amen. <laughs> and uh, I started, you know, talking about God. And I found out he was going through a divorce. And yeah. he, he was uh, having problems drinking. Oh, okay. But then... um. He started going to church, and, you know, I started, you know, witness to him. I said, God can change you. I had the same problem with drugs and alcohol. I was an alcoholic, and little, I was there, like, for 15 months, and when I got out of there, when I came from work, which I used to work out there, he was waiting for me in the gym with a box, and I really? remember, I remember he said, you got to pack up crews. Well, I don't want you to go. I said, why? Go? I'm afraid. I said, why are you afraid? He goes, yeah, he go, because you, you... I mean, I look up to you. Mm -hmm. You, when you came here, I was a disaster. My, I was gonna go through a, through a divorce. I was an alcoholic. Oh, now yeah. since you started speaking to me, I I'm back with my wife. I go to church, and what Amen. if you go? Is it, what if when when you go, what's gonna happen to you? I mean, I said, don't worry, keep walking with God. Yeah, I said I did my I did what I had to do. And, yeah. And he was in tears when he was telling me all that. He was just in tears like a little baby, and he was big. Yeah. And I, when I was looking at him, God remember who remember when you come here the way he was when you first got here. He go now look at him. Amen. So I gave him a big hug and I said, no, just keep walking with God. You know, God, you belong to God now. Amen, brother. And then he said, okay, the the warden wants to talk to you. <laughs> so I went to the warden and I'm like, okay, yeah. Go, Mr. Cruz, go, you've been here, uh, what, 15 months? He go, you have done a, he go, a tremendous job here. You got half of the prison Bible studying with you, more than half. I had like 80% of the, wow. <laughs> I had like 40 guys and it was like 90 people, maybe almost, yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyways, he said, um, 
Uh, would you like to stay here? And we, I can request so you can stay here. I said, no, <laughs> I want to go back to Kinocha. <laughs> I, I said, I want to get close to my house. Yeah. Know? But God did it, you know, God did a lot, a lot of other things. I mean, I can sit here and. <laughs> no, I'm sure. But I, mean, I can sit here and say so many testimonies he did in my, and while I was in prison, oh my God, that I tell people. I, I was with Sister Judith and she was there like for nine hours in my house. She's like, oh my God, I didn't know. Yeah. And I kept, you know, telling another through another, another, another yeah, thing. Yeah. That's our God. That's it. That's it. And God is for him nothing is impossible if you if you serve him with all your heart, believe me, he will move mountains for you. I mean, I mm -hmm. I talk to Muslim guys and they like, no, Allah this and all that. I wouldn't argue. I mean one time I was gonna start arguing, God said, Don't argue. Yeah. Yeah. Just show them that I'm real. Amen. And I remember I said, Well, you pray to your God and I'm gonna pray to mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna show you my God is real and whatever. And I said, pray for it right now. He goes, no, but we don't get our answer until we get over there. I said, what if it's a lie? Then my God is real. And I told him, I'm gonna pray for this and it'll happen. They're like, you Amen. know, like, Amen. <laughs> I remember one of them came to my room knocking. He said, I wanna, I wanna meet your God. I wanna meet Jesus. I Amen. wanna know him. And he well, said, so wait, this is a Muslim? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Because uh, you know, you know, I remember he went to my room because he knew I used to pray for people, and he fell at work and his arm was swollen. And he went, "I need to go to work. I need to, if I don't go to work, they're gonna they're gonna kick me out of the program. And I gotta go back to the big prison." Yeah. And if I miss it, he go, "I can't miss more than three days." And and uh, he's like, "Please do something." Yeah. And I told him, "Why don't you pray to Allah?" Yeah. <laughs> kind of smart. He said, "No, yeah. man, come on, for real." Yeah. Why well, seen you pray in Jesus' name for other people? Go, you think Jesus can heal me? I said, "Yeah, he can yeah. heal you, but Amen. you gotta believe him. You gotta give your life to him." Amen. Amen. And um, and I said, "Just give me." And I grabbed his arm and I prayed for him. I said, Jesus, show him your power. Show him who you are. Show him you're real and that you love him no matter what he believes. Just show him who you really are. Amen. That you're real. And I pray for him. And the next day, I see him in the morning because I was in there. He came by my hand and not swollen. And he was crying. He's like, wow, this is impossible. Yeah. And he said, I want to serve Jesus. And I thought we said the prayer together. And all Hallelujah. That. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I remember when I won that Muslim forgot. <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's an amazing feat, brother. Yeah. You know, I, I, I meet a lot of people every day and they remind me a lot of the, the prophets in the Bible, how God will tell them that he needs something done, but they wouldn't listen. They wouldn't, uh, they would hide, they would run, they would have all these excuses, but you didn't. You actually listened to God's voice and actually did what he needed you to do. And you still are doing it every day. And it, and it shows in your testimony how you serve God with such love. Brother, and that's something that I think we're missing nowadays. You know, we, we're, we're, we're trying to be, uh, you know, servants of God, but then we do like Jonah. You know, how God wanted him to go preach to a certain amount of people, and he decided not to. But then God had to do something to show him, look, I'm real, and I need you to do this. Yeah. And, but, and you did it, brother. You know, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, it kind of does that a lot to me when I'm, like, in the stores or just by the lake. Or he'll tell me, you got to tell him that. Mm-hmm. Before I used to, you know, kind of like, what if it's only me? But no, now I just go tell them. Yeah, yeah. And um, so many people, like I tell them at work or wherever, my, you know, 
I don't know, but I, I'm a man of God and uh, I'm a minister and, and I got to tell you something. And once I tell them, they'll break down right there. How do you know? Yeah. How do you know? And I said, well, it's God, it's not me. Yeah. God knows every, every single person right now what they're going through. Amen. Amen. And that's important for people to understand that it's not us doing that. Yeah. That's, that's God working through us in order to reach that person. You yeah. Know? yeah, because there's a lot of people out there right now that are listening to me right now that you see somebody goes and talk to you about God and he's not just that crazy person. No, it's not that person. Some people are waiting for God to go there personally. God is not going to do that. He's going to send one of his servants. And when they tell you, you know, God loves you, God is calling you. And it's really God talking through that person. Mm -hmm. Because before, like I said, when I was in the streets, they used to stop me because I used to walk. Because I didn't like driving because I was always drunk. And people would just pull over. And they, told me, they used to tell me, I don't know you. But God is telling me he's going to use you in a mighty way one day. Well, you're lost right now, but God loves you and look for God. I mean, a lot of people, I'm not just talking like one time, two times. Yeah. Every word, I mean, they used to stop me, people in the middle of the street, like, well, what do you want? And, yeah. And they were Christians. Yeah. But little did I know it was God. Amen. It was, and God was already speaking to me, but I had to learn the hard way. Yes. I had to go to prison because God was calling me way before that. And um, and I didn't want to listen. Yeah, and that's what happens to a lot of us. They we learn the hard way. Yeah, yeah, and, and thank God that you came out of all that, brother. What, how do you see your life? What would have happened, brother, if you never would have accepted the Lord in your life? What do you, what do you think your life would have been at right now? I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent sure. Yeah. I would have been dead a long time ago. Yeah. My life, like when I was like 19, 20, 21, all those years, I remember I used to look in the obituary and see if my name was there because I was like daydreaming, so drunk, yeah. so coked up, so wrong. Like one day I'm going to see my name there. Yeah. And I thank God I'm now just 54. 54. Congrats, <laughs> bro. You look like you're 20. <laughs> <laughs> and I, when I was out there, I looked way older for real. Because, yeah. And then like people like, whoa, what happened to you? You look younger now that you're older. It's because the, the spirit renews you from Amen. the inside out. Hey, man, Amen. That's true. That's true. That's a fact, brother. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, and you see it You see it every day, brother. You know, the Bible teaches us that we have to be the salt of the earth, you know. And, and we see it whenever you walk into a, a place where God is not, or uh, let me say, not say this because God is everywhere. Amen. But where, you know, it's, God is not accepted in that area. You, you walk in, you're the salt, you know. Us like Latinos, man, we, we like to put salt on everything, gives flavor to everything, makes everything better. You know, and when God tells us, you know, we're the salt of the earth, when you walk into that prison, you know, and you season that salt, you season that that prison, and God's presence is becomes apparent, brother. It's you know, that there's no denying that when the people see you, they see the Holy Spirit. You know, they, they see the presence of the Holy Spirit. And have you ever had that experience, brother, where you walk in and people just don't accept you? Because they know that you're a man of God. They know that you're going to come with some word. Did you ever have somebody like that that just completely refuses to talk to you or or get close to you because of who you are and your association with God? I just had people like when I walk in rooms, uh, they're like turn around if they're swearing or drinking they like they, they felt to they gotta hide the beer they feel that presence of god yeah <laughs> oh they're like they 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 stop swearing and yeah stuff yeah. like that it used to happen you know a lot yeah. especially when i got out of prison yeah and like like they can you know 
I walk in rooms and people start talking in tongues. Yeah. And I need to get back to that <laughs> level because in prison, that's all I had, you know, time to get connected to God. Yeah, amen. And over here, there's a lot of distraction. Not, not that I'm not connected, right? but I got to get out, like back up there. And I'm, I'm getting there, brother. And I, amen. And when I got out of prison, believe me, brother, I walk where people are drinking, doing drugs, whatever. They throw everything away that they can feel. And at work, people swearing, they just stop like... Like they can feel, the, like you said, the presence of God. Yeah, amen. amen and I work with people that were, you know, Christians. They walk, they start talking in tongues, and yeah, because they can feel the Holy Spirit. You know, the more you get filled with God, like it says, your your cup is overflowing. Amen. amen. And you walk somewhere, they can feel the presence of God. Amen. Amen. And that's what God wants from each and one of every, you know, every Christian. Amen. We need to be our cups need to be overflow. Amen. So we can share it with other people yes yes we can't hide it we can't <laughs> yeah like i said like i think it's john eleven thirty eight, which is if the sun sets you free you're free indeed and now he set me free for a reason yeah because there's a lot of people out there still in prison like i was they're they're bound to drugs alcohol whatever there are mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so he set me free that's what i was saying yesterday he set me free now I got the key. Yeah. That's Jesus Christ. Amen. And Amen. people, when they they're gonna hear this testimony, and I'm now I'm gonna talk to the people. Is that right? To the people out there, you know, God is real. I'm I'm not talking about a little legend or a story, little Jesus from there. But I'm talking about the Jesus that lives in me. Jesus is so real that He's right here with me, and uh, He was there when I needed more, needed Him more in my life. And um, I know maybe you're struggling with drugs, alcohol, whatever you, you're struggling right now. He can give you the freedom. When you accept Jesus in your heart, he'll give you the freedom. The things, like I said, when I was so tired, I was tired. I used to sit there and cry. I remember I still see myself sometimes in the basement. I still see my, myself crying. I got the gun and I put the bullets and I wanted, I was so tired because I couldn't stop smoking crack. I couldn't stop drinking. I was tired, brother. I was tired, tired. I said, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I, and I wind up doing it. And again, I felt like that, like uh, the hamster just going that little thing around and around. Mm -hmm. I could never stop. It, it wasn't only for a year or two. For me, it was 17 years straight. And I was just tired. I got to the point that I couldn't no more. And people used to say, man, you, you have everything. You party every day. You have women. You have everything. You don't need to work. You get high every day. But they didn't know my heart. Yeah. They didn't know what I go through when I was by myself. Because people can, you know, they just see the outside, but they don't know what's going inside of the person. Yes. And I know I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are listening to me, they know what, what I'm talking about. They know when they, they say, I don't want to do it no more. I'm not going to do it. And you promise yourself and you say it again. I promise you, God, and I'm not going to do it. And what you do, you do it again. Why? Because you're trying to do it with your own will, but you need somebody stronger. And his name is Jesus Christ. Yes. Once Jesus comes in your life, he said, you know what? Then he, he's a strong man. He takes control of the house. And when the devil and his demons try to come and say, no, get out of here. I'm in, I own this house now. You got to get out. Amen. Because when you try to do it by yourself, believe me, I tried it and I tried it. I, I'm not that strong to, the enemy is stronger than me. But then I met somebody stronger than the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And when he takes control of you, man, it's so beautiful. Like I said, he not only changed my whole life around, he blessed me. 
that's the guy we serve. Now, I was telling this guy today, I said, I was lost, man. I was gone. He he just picked me up like the Bible says from the mirror, from the mud, from the, from the pits of hell. He picked me up. People still see me. They don't believe me. They, they don't believe it's me. Because uh, I was like, for real, I was one of the worst in Kinocha, worst drug addict. I mean, you'll see me in the streets. I look like a bum, whatever. But when God picks you up, he cleans you up. Not only, like I said, he cleaned me up. He blessed me. He gave me my, my senses back. The, my love for my family, for my church, for my brothers in Christ. Not only, you know, all my brothers in Christ. And not only that, he blessed me with a beautiful wife with my, my new... I had kids before with different women because I used to party a lot. And, I, and I, I was never a father. And when I was in prison, I said, God, please give me that chance. I want to know how to be a father to my... You know, raise a kid. And it took a while because when I got out of prison, God made me. Because I guess whatever you used to like, God makes it. Like, because I used to like women. I had a lot of women. And um, and five years without women, and then like seven years out here when I got out of prison. And I said, God, I can't no more. I got to. You got to send me somebody, my helper. Because we all need a helper. <laughs> Amen. And I said, God, please. And. I remember how he blessed me with my wife. It's like that's another big testimony, and God blessed me with a beautiful wife. She's twenty years younger than me, and I mean we served the Lord, and now I got a six-year-old, and God is good. Yeah. Like I said, He doesn't only save you, but He blesses you. He bless He blesses me now. I have a nice job. I work at Snap On. I got it made there, and got my own house. And God keeps blessing me every day. Every day, because when the devil comes, the devil comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and life in abundantly. The devil was killing me. He was stealing my age. He was stealing my life. He was destroying me. He destroyed my relationship with my, my mom. With my, I, Like I said, I never got to give my mom the love she needed because she was dying of cancer and I didn't care. And I remember when I was in prison, I got mad. I mean, when I opened my eyes, I said, how could I be so blind? How can I be so blind? Let my mom suffer because I used to party every day and she was upstairs. And I used to run out of money sometimes and I didn't have, everybody was gone and I needed a hit. And I go upstairs and I said, mom, you know, give me $20. And I didn't care that she was suffering. I didn't care she was all bald-headed because of the treatment from chemo and all all I needed was more drugs and when I got when I got opened my eyes I said devil what you did to me I'm gonna pay you back I'm I know one day I'm gonna see my mom but I got mad at him yeah I said you know what now for that I'm gonna fight you and I'm gonna talk to every soul I don't care who who it is I'm gonna wherever God sends me I'm gonna do it why because I you stole what I wanted more my I mean he didn't stole it but you know I can't do it here, but I know I'm going to be with her in heaven one day forever. But I never got to show her what a son was. And she'd never give up on me. I remember I'd go upstairs at 2 or 3 in the morning, and she'd be sleeping, kneeling in her bed. Go to sleep in her bed. And I, I used to like, what you doing? Go lay down. Go, no, I'm praying for you. One day, one day, I'm going to see you preaching. One day, I said, me? I said, okay, okay, go to sleep. Give me $20. Mm -hmm. I didn't care. 
Dijo, remember one day, mijo, you're going to be up there. You're going to be preaching. God is going to save you. I, I know. I know, brother. And now sometimes it hurts me, brother. It hurts. But the only thing I can, I can't do nothing about it no more, but is fight the devil. The one that stole, that stole that love that I could give to my mom. And now, like I said, that's what I do now. Amen. I fight him every day. And uh, that's why when we get saved, it's not just to get saved, get blessed. No, we got to do the work of God. We need to tell other people that are, we're bound, that are bound like we were. We need to tell them there's freedom. There is a God that wants to bless them. There's a God that wants to, you know, break them chains. Because I know there's a lot of people that are going to hear this. No matter how trapped you feel right now, no matter what you're going through, Jesus said, come to me all who are worried and I will give you rest. He said, come. So he's calling you right now. He said, come to me. That's not just an invitation. It's a commandment. He said, come. Come with your tears. Come with your loneliness. Come with your addiction. Come with your sickness. No matter how you feel right now, come. He's calling you right now. Come. I want to give you that rest. I want to give you that peace. I want to give you that freedom from the drugs and alcohol. I'm the, I'm the alpha, the omega. And I don't know how he does it, brother. I don't know how he does it. But when you come... Your, your life might be falling apart, but when you come and you obey him, because he won't do nothing until you come. When you come to him with your life falling apart, but you obey him and you go to him, he'll fix it that everything start coming back to normal. I don't know how he does it. That's I mean, I don't even ask him. But that's all I did. I said, I, here I am, God. Here I am. And like I said, whoever's listening right now, God is saying, come. Come to me. Come. I know what I have for you. He said, I, I have a great future. I got plans for you. Jeremiah eleven twenty nine. 29. He said, I know the plans that I have for you to give you a future and a hope. Because the devil just wants to destroy you. And that's all he's doing right now, destroying families, destroying people left and right. That's all you see in the news, shootings and all that. But you know what? God, when you walk with Jesus, he got your back. Believe me, I, like I said, when I was in prison, all kinds of, I've been in situations that there's no way out. And all I said, Jesus, I'm walking with you. You got my back and he'll make a way out. When I first got out of prison, I remember I was with my my nephew and one of his uh, drunk brother-in-laws, and we lived right in the middle of the, all black folks. And we were walking him home. I mean, got him off the van, and there were like seven guys right there, and he called them the N-word. And like, oh, God, Here we man. Go. <laughs> they grabbed bats and everything. Like, no, man, I just got out of prison. I only have three days. I can't fight. And my nephew said, no, grab a, a crowbar. I said, I'm not going to grab nothing. I know who I serve. And when, and when they were coming, they were just getting that close. I said, Jesus, I'm not going to do nothing. When I said, Jesus, cop cars. I'm like, wow. I knew. I mean, there's been a lot of situations that I know he got my back. I'm not going to fight no more. I don't got to fight. Yeah. He fights my battles. He's, what do you call it? He got my back. Yeah. Right? And um, I just thank God because, uh, like I said, I wanted to, this is my testimony. I'm a living example that you know I, God is real 
he's there. If you're struggling right now, like I said, if you might say, I can never change. That's what I used to think. I, I said, I can never live with alcohol. I'm especially alcohol because I, I was so addicted to alcohol that I needed to drink at least a 12 pack just to act normal, like a normal person. So I couldn't get off bed. I needed to drink a 12 pack every day. Then after that, I can, you know, walk around, do whatever. And then, but that was every day. Every day, brother. And when I got to prison, my liver was already gone. Yeah. And I had hepatitis C and all that. When I got to um, got out of prison, they were going to give me a treatment. And I took it. And I said, God, if, you, if it's your will, I'll take it. He said, just take it. And they told me, we haven't tried it with nobody. You're going to be the first one. Yeah. So we don't know. It's a 50-50. So it might work or not. Can damage you more, whatever. And I said, I'm ready. And I remember the first time they put it, the chat. They said, "Come back in three weeks." And I went back, and I seen the doctor. They were all into. They were like, "Oh, they come on." They were all talking like, "What?" Yeah. He said, "Sir, you don't see nobody else." I said, "What do you mean? And no other doctor, nobody else." He said, "Oh, I said your liver is brand new, yeah. brand new." And I said, "You sure you don't see nobody else?" I said, "I seen Jesus. Yeah, he's my doctor." He said, "No, no, real person, real person." I said, "Well, he's real." Yeah, <laughs> and he he gave me a brand new liver, brother. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's the guy we serve. Like I said, no matter what the devil stole from you, God will give you more. Amen. 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 I'm sorry, I don't want to talk too much. No, no, keep on talking, brother. <laughs> you're, you're you're saying nothing but truth. Yeah, like I said, and um. But God, when you serve God, everything the devil stole from me, he gave me more. And people like, I'm not want to drag or whatever, but I used to look way older when I was like 30 years old, yeah. 25. They see me. I remember one time I was in the in the, the store and there was a lot of young black folks that I used to sell drugs for. They used to call me Tio, Uncle Tio. They see me, is that you, Tio? <laughs> and I was going to church and I had my suit. I was going to go pray. I had just got out of prison. And they look at me and say, yeah, that's, that's me. He said, Dio, you look different. You look, wow. different. <laughs> you look way different. You look younger. You look, you're looking good. Yeah. So you want to work? I said, no, I don't want to work for you guys no more. <laughs> I said, but I, you want to work for God? He goes, no, we don't want to hear about your God. Yeah. And, but they told me, you look different. I said, because it's not me no more. It's Christ who lives with me. Amen. Because Christ, when he comes to your life, he renews you. Amen. He gives you a new beginning. That's true. And it's a beautiful feeling. Oh. And I, I can never stop talking about him for real. Yeah. At work, that's all I do. And I, they're like, wow. <laughs> Amen, brother. Because we got to speak. Amen. Because Jesus said, we don't speak the rocks or talk, so we need to talk. And we got to tell the people that he is real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that he, he that's our way out. Because there's a lot of people in addictions right now. A lot of people with depression right now. They're ready to take their lives away. And I'm telling you right now, if you listen to this uh, testimony, don't do it. God has more for you. The devil's a liar. He, you may hear voices saying, take your life away. You're nobody. No, don't listen. Pray to Jesus. He's right there. One prayer away. He's right there. You're never alone. No matter what you're going through, he, he's right there. He's a call up to me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things. And all you got to say is, Jesus, I need your help. Amen. 
And I remember that, like, man, when I opened my eyes, and I'm like, well, how come it took me 32 years? I had to wind up in prison when <laughs> when he was always right there. And I suffered for so many when all I had to do is Jesus come into my heart. Yeah. And he came and opened my eyes. And ever since then, it's been 21 years, and I've been walking with the Lord, blessed, happy. Yeah, we all go through trials and tribulations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I know he's in control. Yes. yes. Right? And uh like I said, my wife said, you don't worry. Why don't you worry? I mean, I, not that I'm going to worry. Like, you know, women, they worry yeah. more. <laughs> so you don't care. You, you don't worry. I said, not that I don't worry, but I know what is worry going to do. It's not going to help. Mm -hmm. That I know Jesus. I know him personally, and I know that he got my back. Amen. There's yeah. been some times that I, there was no way out. Like I said, money-wise or, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I said, I don't know how you're going to do it, but you do it, and you know, boom, right there, or somebody come knocking the yeah. door, or yeah. church, or in the mail, you get that money, you're like, wow. Yep. I still, I got that testimony, I remember when I, I didn't have no breaks, before I got married, and I, we were only working like one day, or two days, it was real slow, and I got to work, and my my brakes were squeaking so bad that everybody looking at like I was embarrassed, I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everybody, everybody knew looked, you were coming. <laughs> And I remember that day I went home and it was a Friday and I said, God, I'm your son. I should have been driving like this. Mm -hmm. It's embarrassing. I'm preaching to them about God. And and I remember, but I didn't have enough money to put in the brakes. What, you know, what you yeah. got to pay. And I don't know how to, I don't know. I'm not a mechanic. Right, right. <laughs> but I went to church and I was praying there and I said, God, you know, I, when I got home, I was expecting that every time I prayed, God will send, I don't know, Amen. money from the mail. And I went, got the mail, waited for the mailman, nothing. Yeah. And I really, like, really, really believe. I mean, he always done it. Amen. And Amen. I went to that prayer that night on Friday because we used to have prayer on Friday. And I was sitting there kind of complaining to God. And I said, God, what happened? You let me down. Yeah. I really was expecting it. And when I was like that, one of my brother, one brother from church, tapped me in my back, and he got my hand, and I look, and it was the money I needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hallelujah! I just felt so bad. I said, God, yeah, I said, God, I'm sorry, and I started crying <laughs> like a little baby. And yeah. I said, God, I'm sorry that I, you know, he sometimes he tests you to the last second. Yeah, exactly. And he will bless you ways that you don't even, you know, we think he's gonna do it this way, but he does it Amen. his way. Amen. And that brother told me, you know what? All day at work, I was trying to work, and God put your name in my mind. My mind, oh, gives this to my servant. He needs it, and don't ask for it. Just give it to him. Give it to him. Amen. And, when Amen. I, and I, I'll never forget that. I mean, the many times, but that one, like, I really, really like. I said, God, you let me. Not that he let me down, but I, he got. He had me kind of like spoil what did I ask him something yeah. he'll do it. Yeah. But not if you listen, not nothing bad. I mean, God. When I ask him for something, it's like something for people will see that God is real. Amen. Amen. When you ask God His will, like whatever is according to His will, He'll do it. He'll do it. Amen. That's without a doubt, brother. <laughs> without a doubt. Hey, brother. You know what? It's it's uh, it's amazing how God works in our lives, brother. Yeah. And it's amazing how what God allows us to go through just so we can be of light to somebody else later in our lives, sometimes in our lives. And, and, and I really appreciate you saying, because God spoke through you to me also. And, you know, in you, you're able to see how sometimes we go through things in our lives, right? And we ask God, why are you, why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this to happen? And, and we, I have so many questions for God that sometimes we get upset with him. Why is this a lot? Why is this happening to me? And later in lives, we realize 
when something major happens in our lives, well, this is what God was trying to teach me this whole time. You know, now now you're walking around and you're preaching the word of God. You're you're saving souls and and you know you're you're a soldier for God. And now everything makes sense. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Everything that you went through makes sense now. How, you know, for example, somebody who right now is facing, you know, years in prison, how they can come up to you right now and, and talk to you and tell and ask you, how'd you do it? How did you go through it? And the answer is simple. Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, and hey, brother, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how God used you in such a powerful way and, and still continues to use you. Let me ask you, what's what's next for Mr. Esteban Cruz now? Whatever he got in store for me. Yeah. I mean, if he wants me to be whatever. I told him, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't even want to say it, but you know, if you want yeah. me to pastor, whatever you want. I mean, I'm not scared. I, I've been walking with the Lord, and I, I just want to do more for Him. Amen. Amen. Because I feel I need to do more. I mean, I can. I, my, like, when I got out of prison, I, I used to do a lot more. Yeah. But, you know, once you get to work, you get to the normal, the no, normal right, things, you right. know, back. And now I'm married and stuff. You know, you it's different when you're single. You can go do whatever you want. Yeah, right. right. But once you get married, you got a family now. And it's harder. You got a job. and But you know what? I don't get tired. Everybody exactly. at work, I, everybody, you want to talk to me, you're going to hear about God. <laughs> and that's it. You can hear it in your testimony that even though life changed for you you never lost your connection with the lord you yeah know? and that's a connection that's always going to be there and, and brother that's that's amazing that's amazing brother yeah you, you always got to be connected to him amen because um no matter if you, because life is going to change for all of us but mm -hmm. we always got to have jesus in our mouth amen, amen. it's all about jesus it's amen. all about jesus that's all it is brother <laughs> Amen. <laughs> hey brother you know what it, it, it's been it's been great brother i know someone's gonna listen to this and and i know this testimony of yours is gonna change lives brother and i know it will i, I feel it in my bones that you know God is speaking to somebody right now and someone's going through something and you just give them the answer. Amen. You know, brother, and is there somebody you'd like to say hi to or, you know, want to tell us, want to tell us something else, brother? Um, I just want to say hi to everybody that's going to listen to, especially people from work. They wanted to hear my testimony. <laughs> well, this is me. This, this That was me, the old me. But now, you know, they told me, I can't believe it that you look so quiet now. You look so different. And like, they don't know, you know, people yeah. just see what they see now. They don't know where we come from. Amen. Or Amen. We all come from somewhere. Amen. We're not here. Like you see me in church with my little tie. Or yeah. whatever. No, that was not me. I know what, how it is to, to be bound. I know how it is to lose control of mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. when you don't have no, I know where there's no, that's the way and um, you know God uh, always is the way Amen. like I said I, I know how it feels when you're lonely I know how it feels when you feel trapped I know when there's no way out but Jesus like I said Jesus is the only way out <laughs> and I gotta stay connected no matter what because you know he's always been there and he always gonna be there and he promised me he would never leave me so, like I said, anybody that's going to listen to this testimony, I just want to tell you that Jesus is real. And um, he's so real that uh, you think I'm talking right now, but he's the one talking to you, that he loves you. And there's, um, I was telling my little daughter the other day, she said, um, 
I said, once there's a Doey, there's always going to, that's her name, Doey, that's life. Amen. And once you have life, you're always going to be here. There's always, and me, are always going to be. I mean, we're going to pass one day, but we're going to be for eternity with Jesus or in hell. Amen. And Amen. she's she's like, I know she's only six years old, but she asked me a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and she, well, she was asking me about the animals. That's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I preached to her, too, and she, she loves singing to God. Amen. She's my baby. Amen. And like I said, God blessed me with my daughter. And like I said, he not only set me free, he gave me a new beginning. Amen. And I'm blessed to meet you too, brother, because you gave me Amen. this opportunity. And I know a lot of people are going to listen to it. Amen. And I know a lot of people that are right now struggling with drugs and alcohol or whatever it is, God is going to give them the freedom. So all you got to do is just open your heart and say to Jesus, I can't take it no more. That's what I did. I said, Jesus, I cannot take it no more. I'm tired. I'm tired and I cannot do it by myself. Please come into my heart. Right there where you, when you're listening to this testimony, if you really want to change your life, just say, Jesus, Jesus, if you're real, that's what I said. Jesus, if, you, if you're real, come right now in my heart and change this situation. And he'll do it because he is real. Amen. Amen. That's what I did. And um, I still, right now, sometimes I still don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> he, he's real, brother. He's he much real than us. Amen. We he serve was, a supernatural God, brother. Yeah. Like your record, that you said we serve a supernatural God who does supernatural things. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah, brother. Hey, brother, it's, it's been a pleasure having you here today. Okay, brother. It's, uh, it's really been a pleasure. And I, I hope this is not the last time we do this. No, brother. Okay. No, I got a lot more to say. <laughs> I know you do, brother. We're going to record it and we're going to put it out there, brother. Okay. It, it, this is an, an amazing experience, brother. And I know people's lives are changing right now. You know, because of this testimony you have to have to give us. Yeah. Hey, brother. But and you know what? Um, we're talking with Mr. Esteban Cruz. Uh, if you guys want to hear uh, this testimony, there's uh, there's uh, various ways you can uh, view it. Uh, please go to our Facebook page at Iglesia Restauración Racine, or you can uh, watch it on YouTube at uh, Re Iglesia Restauración Racine, or you can go to our website at www.poderpentecostal.com. Again, that's www poderpentecostal.com or dot com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to switch your brain from Spanish to English, but we're here with Esteban Cruz and brother, we'd like to ask you if you can uh, lead us out in prayer. Okay. Amen. Amen. Okay. Just one last word. Just Amen. Remember, uh, audience, whoever's going to listen to this, this is real. We only live once and God is real and the devil's real. Everything's real. But I know maybe if you're struggling right now, because I know there's thousands, millions of people struggling. Addictions, whatever it is, depression, loneliness. I can tell you right now, God is ready to help you. He's one prayer away. He's right there. You're not by yourself. If you listen to right now, maybe you're about to take your life. And he's telling you, he's speaking to you right now. I love you. I got something for you. Hallelujah. I have a future. Don't do it. I love you. Yes, Lord. I created you for a reason. Yes, You're here in this world for a reason. Yes, There's Lord. no consequence. I mean, not a coincidence. You're here because I created you. I have a future. Yes, the Lord. devil's lying to you. Don't do it. Don't take your life away. Don't do it. 
pray. I'm right here, one prayer away from you. And if you're tired of drugs and alcohol, just say, Jesus, take control of my life. Yes. I don't want to do this no more. Yes. And believe me, if you try to do it yourself, you're never gonna finish. You're never gonna be able to do it. But give it to Jesus, and He knows what to do. He said, "Come to me. Come, come, come. I'm right here. Give me your hand, yes. and I will show you the way out. I'm the Lord. He said, I'm the master. I'm the teacher. I'm everything. Everything you want. I'm your strength. I, I'll, I'll be anything you want. Amen. He's your lawyer, your helper, your your best friend. Everything. Glory to God. So I'm just saying to whoever's going to listen to this testimony, God is real and he wants to give you a way out. Amen. Let's yes, pray. Lord. Amen. Father God, I just want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to bring Lord, my testimony, Father. I just pray for anybody out there that's going to listen to this testimony that are struggling right now, that they may know that you're real. That you touch their hearts right there as they're listening. That they can open their hearts and accept you. If you're right there right now, just say, Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins. Come in my heart. I can't do this no more. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, please help me. And believe me, he will come in your heart. And he will give you the strength to overcome the things that you cannot overcome. Hallelujah. And he's there to give you that hand. He's there because he created you. And he knew you at this right moment that when you open the radio whatever you how, how you're gonna listen in, he knew you were gonna listen to right there at that moment Hallelujah. so he's speaking to you right now Amen. he said i love you and i got plans for your life yes. i created you for a reason and i want you for myself amen yes lord Amen. So, Father God, I just put whoever's going to listen, the audience out there, Father, when they listen, I just pray that you talk to them, that you tell them that you love them and you touch their hearts, Father. And we just thank you, Father, for everything, Father. And bless my brother Don, Father, you keep blessing his ministry, his radio station, and for this church too, Father. Bless everybody, and we just thank you for what you're going to do and what you've already done, Father, in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 Thanks again to our brother Esteban Cruz for coming on to our, our podcast. Again, if you want to listen to this podcast, go to www.poderpentecostar.com. This has been Radio Restauración.